Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of the Insomnia Lunchtime podcast. I'm your host, Oh Hey Davey, and I've got Ashens on the show. I'm so, so excited. It's the first time he's done the Insomnia Lunchtime podcast. He did the Insomnia Lunchtime show when he came to Insomnia 61, and this time I've got him on the podcast, and we are talking about retro gaming, the movies that he's done, um, Insomnia, the retro zone, so much that we're talking about, and that's coming up right after this. Birmingham. This is the game, Triple H, and I am proud to announce that tickets are now available for the debut live event tapings of the new NXT UK division. See superstars like the WWE United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, the UK championship tournament winner Zach Gibson, and even members of the new NXT UK women's division, Tony Storm and Ginny and many others when NXT UK comes to the Insomnia Gaming Festival at the NEC on August 25th and 26th for the very first time. Tickets are available now at insomniagamingfestival.com. We are NXT. Okay, we are back and I am joined with the wonderful Stuart Ashen. Stuart, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you no, doing there? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really excited to have you on. Why, thank you. And what a lovely hot day it is to do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sat in a really nice air-conditioned studio. I hope uh, you've cracked a window open. Oh, uh, no, because then you get all the noise from outside and the bin men are imminent. Ah. So, um, yeah, I'm in the sweat box, <laughs> slowly dying. Amazing. Have you been enjoying this weather? You strike me as someone who is more of a, a winter person. You are probably true, actually. I kind of miss the hot weather until you have it really hot for a couple of days and then you're, hmm, I appear to be dying kind yes. of thing going on. Totally. I'm at that yeah. point now where I'm like, okay, love the weather, great. Now let's go to autumn. Yes, that would be nice. I've I like... also managed to get sunburnt twice by accident. Oh, really? Irritating. Yeah. I see. I like um. I like Halloween, not just of course for the Ashens Halloween tap video, but uh, the uh... <laughs> hey. yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube.com/ashens. Uh, but for the uh... <laughs> just the general festivities, I, I oh. Halloween, bonfire night, Christmas, give it to me. Really, really excited oh, for that it. That is a good season, isn't it? Oh, all I love those it. in a row. All of those in a row, absolutely. Um, so let's let's talk, first of all, Stuart. It was a year ago now, pretty much, that you had your first ever Insomnia, which was Insomnia 61. I can't believe, A, it's been a year, and B, that was the first one that, you, that you'd ever been to. Yes, both those things true. And I, yeah, it's terrifying how quickly time has gone, actually. It feels like three months on the outside do you yeah. know what I mean yeah oh, totally totally me. but we we are so 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 excited to have you back I, I think I, I said to you before um when I61 was coming up and we kind of you know agreed that you were coming that you, you were someone I wanted at the event for such a long time uh and the feedback that we had and people so excited that you were coming and everyone who met you said how great it was which is why you know we had to have you back so I'm so so excited for I63 um, but it'll be really cool to kind of get your thoughts on what your first insomnia experience was like. Was it what you were expecting? Was it different? What did you kind of think when you when you came to the NEC? Yeah, it was a bit different to how I was expecting because obviously I knew of insomnia because it's been such a big thing for so many years, um, and I only kind of knew of the land party aspect of it, um, which is something. I mean, I have been to land parties many years ago in the past, but I think the last time I went to one. I think Unreal Tournament had just come... No, Unreal Tournament 2003 had just come out. Oh, wow. 
So I'm going to say it was probably around 2003. <laughs> Thank you was, for dating your games, guys. <laughs> was, uh, was Unreal Tournament your, your land game of choice then, or did you play lots? Um, we played a lot of other things, mainly because, um, well, we did like Unreal Tournaments until we went to a LAN event and discovered everybody was at least 857 million <laughs> times better at it than we were. I remember playing like a... I think it was just me, my friend, and this chap called Gunsmith, I think was his... Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, his name there. <laughs> so he made his own guns and everything. And he, it was just ridiculous. I think we got one kill on him throughout the entire match. And it was just... He was superhumanly just bouncing off walls and flying about. And yeah, we then realised we're probably not ever going to put enough time into this game to get good enough. That is like the, the 2003 equivalent of getting a new game for Christmas, jumping online and then playing against everyone who's been playing it since launch. Uh, that is exactly correct. They've been playing it for three months. They're all the world's leading experts, and they're probably younger enough than you that their reactions are going to beat yours every time anyway. So, um, yeah. I almost, that was the first time I ever saw Tower Defense, oddly. It was a Tower Defense game. So they must have been sort of coming in around then. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. And my main memory of that event is somebody who literally spent the whole event in a corner playing old Dizzy games with a Commodore 64 emulator. <laughs> <laughs> like, why of have you come to a LAN event? <laughs> but see, but Stuart, that's what I imagine you to do. <laughs> Everyone's there with like that, yeah, it's my 1080 Ti, and you're there like, no, this is my Commodore 64. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think... What do you mean I can't plug it into through the MIDI ports? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I always think if I, I have no time, of course, when we're at Insomnia to, to join in in the land, but I would just like be sat there playing The Dig or like Knights of the oh. Old Republic. That would be my, my land experience. Oh, Knights of the Old. I still need to go back and finish the second one. I've oh, did never you not... completed the second. Nope. I need to get all those mods they've done to bulk the game out properly and have a go at it. Oh, yeah, completely. So, well, banger. Banger of a game, banger of a series. Every E3, I always think, "Come on, make my day." Uh, but yeah, they've never gone back to it. I they? know it's been it's been kind of rumoured so many times, and then it, and then it never happens. I just think, "Come on, one day, one it day." It does worry me now that it'd be some strange action-oriented version with a ton of loot boxes or something. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh no. Yeah. Pay £3.99 immediately to get your Darth Revan hat. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what, Stuart? I'd pay it. I'd pay it. <laughs> take, take my money. Take my money. Um, so, also, uh, you uh, you checked out our retro zone. I think at i sixty one as well. Um, what mm. did what did you what did you make of, of that? I, I appreciate it was a long time ago. That was a nice little area, and it had um, Marvel Marvel superheroes in cabinet form, which is one of my favourites. I played it against my friend Mensky and he beat me viciously. Um, <laughs> in the game, not just in general. In general, yeah, um, sure. Yes, probably wouldn't be friends with him if he no. did. <laughs> no, it's it a lot of nice little bits in there, actually. Um, quite impressed by the amount of arcade machines. I was only expecting like a couple, but there's actually a sort of uh, fair amount of them. And uh, a couple of very nice market stalls as well, yeah. um, with not insane prices. I tend to think that whenever you go to one of these big events, you're going to be looking at prices, frankly, so terrifying that you'd never buy anything. But I end up uh, purchasing several little bits and bobs. Oh, good. Cool. I love that. That's, for me, such a, a big part of what Insomnia is about. Like I could spend hours just looking at all the stalls without mm. even kind of playing or getting hands-on with anything. But obviously, that's a... Uh, 
quite dangerous. Where's David? Oh, he's in the marketplace. Well, can, you do some, <laughs> can you do some work? <laughs> no. No, 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 sorry. I'm Give shopping. him nine hours. Uh, exactly. Exactly. But oh, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed the Retro Zone. Of course, it's coming back to i63. Um, I think as well, at i62, we introduced even more uh, arcade machines that were uh, free to play. Um, so our, our Retro Zone again at i63 is going to be bigger and kind of be always constantly evolving it and taking feedback from people but it's it's one of the most popular zones so we're kind of doing something right over there which is good tremendous it's always nice to see proper arcade machines because i mean where else do you see them these days well exactly exactly that so did you did you used to spend a lot of time in arcades what was that scene like in the uk because i had no kind of no i maybe i wasn't i, I was maybe a bit too young but for me there was just no real kind of presence was it different Oh yes, I, I was on. I was going to say on the tail end of it. That's not strictly true. I'm a bit older than that, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm living quite close to Great Yarmouth and even Lowestoft back at the time, which um, were quite big hubs for sort of coin-op arcades, etc. Um, Twenty miles drive in my mate's mini, and we could be down there on a Friday night. Um, oh, we spent hours doing this thing. I can remember playing Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo against people and losing terribly. For some reason, we were more into Mortal Kombat 2 at the time, which, looking back, it's such... Uh, I mean, it's fun, but it's nowhere near as good a game, as it? But I don't know what that was. We were probably edgy teenagers or something. I, I picture uh, you being like part of the uh, Stranger Things crew. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In my Ghostbusters get-up. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I, are you a Stranger Things fan? I imagine that kind of is up your street. Yeah, I have quite enjoyed Stranger Things, actually. Looking forward to season three whenever they do that. Totally. Yeah, no, that'll be good. Really looking yeah. forward to that. We also, um, there's something else that kind of strikes me as being your thing as well, because of the videos that you put out. We have quite a lot of different mystery box stands as well at Insomnia. I think you picked you picked one up, I think. and kind of. Oh, I did. So, a little odd story about this. There's one called... And now I've got to get the name right, because they're all similar. Um, the Amazing Mystery Box. Yes, yeah. Yes, good. Hey, ten points. Um, yes, yeah, got chatting, because I think they sent me one in the past. I can't remember. Something I'd had some contact with, and sort of had this long chat about the whole way that sort of industry works, etc. Turns out they're based in Norwich, where I am. Oh, wow. The, the chap who runs it actually owns Langley's Toy Shop, which is like the old um, independent toy shop in Norwich. Just strangest coincidence. That, that is a strange coincidence. And have you been in been in since? Uh, I have. He's never in there because he's. I think he owns several shops, so he sort of um, floats around at yeah. a higher level, beaming down managerial um, powers <laughs> or whatever it is they do. But um, yeah, that's been quite handy because you can just sort of pick a box up as opposed to having to get them sent to you, which is nice. Yeah, totally, totally. So one of the things I wanted to speak to you about as well is. I'm kind of changing the way that this podcast works. So for season one, which was for i62, kind of had guests on and we were talking about just kind of an introduction and talking about insomnia and it was all kind of really insomnia focused, which of course being the Insomnia Lunchtime podcast, it, it kind of should be. But mm. um, I wanted to kind of open this up more and look at more uh, topic led uh, conversations. And I think for you, it would just be perfect to get your take on what you think the future of retro is going to be. And what I mean by that is we kind of look back over these last 12 months, maybe a little bit longer, with the re-release of so many of these classic consoles and how popular they've been. What, where, where do you think that comes from? Do you think now a lot of younger kids are getting involved with retro or do you think it's more kind of nostalgia? Oh. Well, whoo there is a question. I think that retro stuff with gaming, particularly, well, really any retro stuff in any market is always going to be heavily nostalgia-led. 
Um, so there are some kids who'll say, oh, that's cool, but it's not really going to take their time away from Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever the current thing is, because that's what they've grown up with. Whereas um, things like the NES Mini taps into a very, very hefty vein of nostalgia, um, certainly for the American market, where the NES was just absolutely massive. Um, whereas the Super Nintendo, a bit bigger over here, so we like that more, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is a very nostalgia-led market. And I think that will get more and more of a thing as time goes on, because, uh, you know, we've got a fair span of what you would call retro games now. Is the PS2 retro yet? Yeah, yeah totally. PS2's uh, in, our, in our retro zone. So. Now I feel ancient. What have you done, David? Um, <laughs> so there's always going to be people looking back to that. But um, And you're seeing things like the prices of the old computers from the 80s going up through the roof. There's more and more people are becoming interested, but of course there's less and or fewer and fewer of them available. Um, and I think that will continue up to the point, unfortunately, where my generation starts to die off. <laughs> because then you lose that nostalgia thing. And this is something people didn't really think about, but it's happened very... Uh, well, actually, an excellent example of this is in collecting Elvis Presley memorabilia. Because even, you know, a picture of Elvis on a post-it note or something would go for a fortune at one stage if it was one he happened to have looked at in Graceland once, you know. Yeah, I mean? sure. All these sort of collectibles worth an absolute fortune. But as that generation that had the nostalgia for Elvis began to die, the value of it dropped through the floor. And now Elvis memorabilia, unless you've got very specific bits and, you know, really super stuff, and even they're not worth what they were, holds very little value. And it's purely because you know the guys who grew up with it and are excited by it are now gone and eventually that will happen with the older computer stuff you know um it'll start off with your um spectrums and your auric ones and things and eventually filter through to the amiga as time goes on i think there's sort of a window of nostalgia for retro for the very very popular stuff and certainly for the stuff that will go for a lot of money yeah no that's yeah totally understand what you're saying that's a really good point as well i suppose when you particularly when you look at the re-release of all these consoles we're going to get to a point i imagine where we get to a point where you no longer need that because everything's backwards compatible you kind of get to a That's point where thing. Yeah. and if you've got a good emulator that you can run easily on your laptop or your computer or even something connected to your television um, like your NES Mini or whatever that's going to be so much easier Yeah. I mean I do have an original uh, NES but I never plug it in now because it's such a pain in the bum yeah um, why would you need to I guess it looks awful through nearly every television. I have to get an old CRT out. Then you spend half an hour blowing on the damn contacts on the cartridges to yeah. get them to work. <laughs> then, of course, it's an, a British one. So um, as Nintendo didn't give a flying monkeys about uh, the sort of European market at the time, there's two different Nintendos. There's a Mattel and a Nintendo one. And the cartridges aren't cross-compatible and you can't really tell what they are. And oh, It's an absolute nightmare. Whereas I've got a hacked NES Mini that you can plug into your telly and you're playing immediately. Yeah, totally, totally. Which I guess this is this is in no means meant to be a plug for the retro zone, but that is one of the cool things about it, where you you do just walk in, all the TVs you play on are as retro as the consoles. It's really really authentic, um, and it is just kind of that proper experience. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? Who has a CRT these days? Yeah, exactly. Who has a SCART lead? Like. Oh. Well, I've got a million scarves. Well, but you have, Stuart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got no tellies to plug them yeah. into, but I've got a million scarves. <laughs> Completely. What, what was your What was your favourite re-release then of, of some of these consoles that we've seen lately? Hmm. I think Nintendo have done it best, basically. Um, 
Also, they made them quite easily hackable to put more ROMs and things on, which is also extremely useful, to say the least. Um, I think I liked... Hmm, thinking back... See, you've got some more new ones coming out, like the Neo Geo one looks interesting, but as it's yes. not out yet... Can't comment on it. Um, yeah, I think Nintendo have done the best job because the Sega stuff has always been very lackluster. Um, I mean, there's various hacks and things to get some of the portable handheld ones to sort of have the sound not being completely rubbish. But uh, they're yeah, not very good, really. Um, personally, I think I liked the Super Nintendo one, but that's just because I have slightly more love for the Super Nintendo than yeah. I do the NES, really. Yeah, totally, completely. It's really funny, actually. I was, I was talking to my cousin on the weekend, and he used to have this this N64, which was the, the Pokemon one which was like blue and yellow oh, and it had a, yes, Pikachu, has a big on it. Pikachu stuff yes, on it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And he got rid of it years ago. He threw it out. And now in, in the retro zone, if there's a boxed version of that or even an unboxed version, it is like has so much interest around it. Everyone wants to get their hands on it. And I just say to him, "Oh, Adam, what were you doing? People oh, We all did it. We all did it. Yeah, completely. I had so many. I remember chucking out a load of old Mighty Morphin Power Rangers stuff that we now see at Insomnia in one of the stands that comes. And I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Why? <laughs> I literally threw away one of the big, chunky Philips CDIs. Because I couldn't, literally couldn't give it away. I tried for six months. And because it was such a huge and heavy thing, I ended up having to take it down to the dump. Now it's worth hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Always the way. But it's cool. Like I said, there's so much retro stuff available for, for sale. And I suppose some of it will hold its value long term. Some of it, as you said, when the interest is, is gone. But then again, retro is so evolving. It's crazy to think how long it will be before the Nintendo Switch is a retro console. And oh, whatever goodness, we, yeah. I know. A frighteningly short amount of time, I suppose. Yeah, completely, completely. But that's why that's why I think the retro zone is always one of the, the most popular zones. And I love seeing you have parents with their kids there, and it's kind of like a bit of a role reversal, um, where the parents are kind of guiding their kids through the game and talking them through it, where normally they're sat there watching them play Fortnite without, yes. kind of, <laughs> without a clue that's going on. Um, and it's, it's so great to see that. And also as well, Parents just kind of just sit there by themselves. They kind of think, oh yeah, I'll take the kids to Insomnia. They can run off and have a good time and I'll probably just go and like grab a coffee or grab a drink or go shopping. But the moment they see the Retro Zone, they're like, okay, well, hang on. I can uh, sink some hours into, into this part. Um, I've spoken to a lot of parents there as well and they absolutely, absolutely love it. So I'm really looking forward to that coming back. Oh man, as we say, there's nothing like the original hardware, and no. certainly not um, when it comes to coin ops and things, because who has an arcade machine in their house? Well, ex exactly, exactly that. I know one person, but then again... Yeah, I, actually, I have two, but that, yeah, that's yeah. just me. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. I do need to get rid of one, though. How, uh, we need to talk as well about um, your Twitch channel. Have you started up on Twitch now? Because when we last spoke, you were about to do your first stream. How, how did it all go? Uh, yeah, it went very well. I've been doing it for a month now. Um, do it every Monday, 8pm. Uh, that's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ashens, pointing to camera and wink. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a different experience. I have done live stream stuff in the past, but not to this extent, because I'm doing sort of three hours of it a week, which when you're playing old retro stuff means you can get through quite a few games. Um, I got mildly obsessed with Hero Quest and Space Crusade, the uh, old computer versions of those board games. Oh, wow. So I've been playing quite a lot of those. Space Crusade stands up surprisingly well, actually. Is it uh, is it easy to, to capture and, and stream retro? Are they all on emulators on a PC? Or how, what, how do you yep. set it up? 
uh, all emulated. Yep, it's it's very difficult to capture from the original hardware. You have to yeah. run through so many boxes and things. It all looks a bit uh, dodgy by the end of it, unless you've got an incredible AV setup. Um, the problem with emulation, though, is it's a little bit janky, and of course the computers at the time were also a little bit janky. So yeah. you occasionally get weird crashes and uh, things, and certain versions of the game not working. And oh, I was trying to play Space Crusade on the Amiga, and it wouldn't let me insert disc two. And so I tried a different version of the game, and that wouldn't let me insert this too. And uh, I had to go and play a version on a completely different computer in the end, Atari wow. ST. And then weeks later, when I'd finally found a single version of Space Crusade that worked, it was like, it's coming home. <laughs> yes. We'll now play it on Amiga. Oh, dear. But, uh, um, yes, and as they say, that's part of the charm, is a lie we like to tell to cover up the technical problems. Completely. And what's it like? How have you found the kind of experience being a creator on Twitch? Has that been like an easy thing? Um, is it different to kind of doing stuff on YouTube? What's that like? Yeah, um, I've, it's a little bit more technical. When it, It's a thing where I think the basic level of Twitch, just for very basic streaming, is basically simpler than YouTube's one and works a little bit better. But of course you can add all these extra layers and things on top. Um, so you can end up making it quite complicated for yourself. But generally it's worth it, I think, to get the extra features and things out of it. Yeah. So it's certainly worth it for me because YouTube just stopped accepting any live streams from me. So... I've never been able to get around this weird <laughs> technical problem that came with it. So I was like, oh, well, okay, let's try Twitch then. One, um, of, my, one of my favorite things to do is always when, you know when you can do the command to play a song in oh, the yes. chat? I just love finding random streams, finding people who have that enabled to do like Britney, Gaga, Steps. <laughs> <laughs> all their favorites. All, all mm. the classics. <laughs> but no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad that it's going well. Um, and so different as well i don't i suppose a lot of people probably do stream retro games but I, it's not something that i've i've come across a lot no i think it's relatively rare i think often people will chase whatever the game of the moment is i think that's just media in general isn't it but yeah that to be honest the retro stuff is such a complicated thing to set up and stream i think that would probably put a lot of people off um you could do it more easily with console stuff as opposed to old computers because they tend to be easier to emulate and a lot more solid from the point of view you're not going to suddenly crash or get a memory error or a guru meditation or pictures of bombs across the screen or however the old computer crashed um it does actually it does surprise me more people don't play um retro console stuff some of it may be actually that the games tend to be over a lot quicker yes whereas i mean fortnite or something you can keep doing for well, as long as you like, really. Whereas somebody's not necessarily going to want to see you play Jet Set Willy 2 14 times in a row. <laughs> true. Very, very true. And I'm just trying to think how how Ashers can get involved with Fortnite. I wonder, there must be, by now, a ton of knockoff tat. Oh, man. The mobile games, especially. Yes. Um, Potato Royale and things like that. I don't know. I've just made that yeah. one up. But it probably <laughs> exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder how long it is before you find stuff in in Poundland and Poundworld of of like Royale heroes or oh my goodness <laughs> yes it's just an action figure with a different cardboard on the back yes. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's probably going to happen good grief they or have had um, a lot of official Minecraft stuff in there recently little Minecraft um, carts made by Matchbox. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they're some of the worst Matchbox cars I've ever seen. Oh. They're just basically grey cubes with wheels. No wonder they ended up in Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that when you see some of the stuff, actually, isn't it? Like, oh, right, okay, it's licensed. How is it here? Right, now I see why. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's, there's a reason it's ended up here, and it's usually not massively overselling. Yeah, totally. 
Okay, I'm going to interrupt because I need to say, guys, have you seen our talent lineup? For insomnia 63 yet we have so many of your favorite creators coming to the event with loads of them coming for the first time some of your favorites returning as always we've got people like stuart ashens coming we've got grant hines coming we've got for the first time will and e and alfie days like that's so so exciting we've got a huge amount of creators coming to insomnia 63 and if you want to find out exactly who you can just go onto our website at www.insomniagamingfestival.com hit what's on and you'll see the full list and check out the day that they are going to be there so don't miss out make sure you see and catch your favorite creator at insomnia 63 so what else is going on then there's been a lot of talk um uh, quest for the game child came back on your channel was that last night that it did last night we finally got it back and how, how are people have people kind of picked up and started watching it again or what or um i do hope like? so do you know what i'm going to check the statistics right now and type really noisily to check <laughs> <laughs> There we are. That's a lovely noise. Um, I haven't checked these stats so far this morning. It's always difficult these days because YouTube won't actually show you, you know, things that you want to subscribe to. Um, where are we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's coming up in the numbers. That's pleasing. Oh, it had 1.3 million views on the old channel, which is a shame to lose the statistic that you can show people easily. But uh, there we are. When yeah. the channel closes down you have no choice no completely completely i remember that such a such a moment as well like what a great it was the real first time that i certainly ever remember that being done as like a, a distribution platform for a full-length feature movie it must have yeah. been great to, to to be such a huge part of they said um they said it wouldn't work no nobody watches anything more than three minutes on youtube it's got to be edited to death it hasn't got a cat on a skateboard nobody's going to put their eyes on it and yeah they certainly did watch 90 minute film because they liked it you know i can now reveal actually we had a really weird advertising thing we did for it so the production company also had its own youtube advertising network and so across its own network, it ran the movie as one of the uh, pre-roll adverts. Yes. The skip ad. I, rem I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. And rather than running a trailer, we ran the entire film for 90 minutes wow. as an advert before other people's videos. And something like 20% of people watched the entire film. That's crazy. So, so you're expecting to, you know, watch... Um, some guy t reviewing a phone or something and instead you're getting an entire <laughs> film no oh, i'll sit there and watch this for yeah. 90 minutes why, why not? not why not absolutely with, with a skip ahead thing in the corner the whole time <laughs> you know, just like at the cinema just it's... like at the cinema completely completely but then i guess like it's long form content now is so so popular and so kind of algorithmically kind of viable i suppose like yes yeah I, absolutely I've just people finished. used to break things down into 10 minute chunks yeah or... i part one part two everything in four by three and part yes. one part two by three <laughs> <laughs> i mean at first they had no choice because you could only upload 10 minutes but yeah. um then after a while as you say it was a way to get more ads in front of people and to get the algorithm to pick you up but now it seems to have gone over to actually having long videos totally who, who are some of your your favorite creators that you like to watch at the moment Oh, um, let me think. Always a big fan of, uh, well, he's my friend in real life, but I do love his channel, Mensky, who is doing his One Credit Champ series, where he gets an old arcade machine and plays it for one credit to see how far he can get. Um, I always enjoy that because he knows an awful lot about the old arcade machine, so you end up learning quite a lot, whilst you also see a game you've never bloody heard of. Sure. Um, big Clive is always fun. Yeah. Um, the electrician... Uh, 
what is it? Electrician? Who is an electrician of a sort who likes to do teardowns of extremely low quality stuff, often yeah. from Poundland, or just really weird stuff? I think a lot of people might know Big Clive from his uh, Barbie doll video. I suppose that's the best oh, way yes. to put it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was thinking to say the name out loud, but I'm not going to. <laughs> That is a classic. For those not in the know, Clive put together um, from Poundland items an extremely interesting doll, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, definitely check that one out if you haven't already, people listening. It's so yeah. good. The amount of people who think it's real and go in Poundland looking for yeah, one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> guys, that's really not going to be real, is it? Oh, <laughs> come on, come on. Oh. But yeah, me. do you? I'll tell you who I've been watching a lot at the moment. I've been watching a lot of Shane Dawson. It's just people like that kind of. Do you watch anyone like that? I, I can't quite tell. I Dawson. have seen Shane Dawson in the past, um, but not. No, he's not somebody I follow. This is really cool, like really long form stuff at the moment. Like he's just done a three part documentary on Tanacon. Um, I don't know if you've been following that storyline. I haven't. I've ha- it actually came up in sort of the recommended things today, Philip DeFranco is saying the truth about Tanacon yeah. or something. So obviously there's some controversy there. But Yeah. Uh, it's, really, it's obviously very interesting for us to watch. It's uh, about a convention that, you know, really wasn't well planned, uh, to say Ooh. the least. And then kind oh. of was a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, disaster in America. Um, and I'm going to make a note and have a look at this. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and Shane's, Shane's three-part documentary on it is, is really, really good. But, of course, being in the in the events business, we all kind of watch it and think, what? Why have you Why? Why have you done that? What are you doing? <laughs> no, no. It's, you don't do that. You, you don't put 5,000 people in a, in a venue that can hold 1,000 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, and you can then imagine the problems that then unfold. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, very, very. Oh, I'm so, uh, right. I'm doing that immediately after yeah, I finish. Actually, it's a... I need to see the story of this. <laughs> it's right. a, it's a good one. It's a good one. But long form, then. What uh, have we got? Is it is the sequel confirmed for for Quest of the Game Child? Yes, the crowdfunding campaign begins on the 9th of July, where we will be running it for a month or just over, and hoping to raise enough pennies to make another feature film. Completely. So, what have you got? Any of the the like perks figured out yet, or are they still in development? Oh, we, so many perks, so many perks. We broke Indiegogo's system. We had so many <laughs> perks, and we've had to kind of start amalgamating them together. But, um, last time you had some really cool stuff, like you could be. I think you could have been in the movie, and yes, and things we've like got that. that again. Yep, only two people can do that. Well, technically three on a higher perk, but yeah, you can literally be a proper full-on cameo your face seen properly in the film you might even get a line we don't know because that's something that tends to uh, fluctuate quite a lot until you're filming yeah yeah but you will definitely be seen in the film oh yes that's amazing that has to be the best perk of all time i've never seen one better than that it's pretty good isn't it i mean if you want a film to be made and you can be in that film that's pretty top tier isn't it yeah that is that's a good one so that's cool 9th of july absolutely 9th of July, I'm going to mention a specific perk because we discovered this thing which are popular called anti-perks. Oh, okay. Where basically they're perks but they're rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know what that's about. But people really love them for some reason. So um, we've done our own one called The Stupid Perk. And from it, you get a digital copy of the film, production updates, uh, some spoons, an old hat and a yo-yo, and a bad handwritten poem. 
Oh, okay. is this just a way for you to clear out your, your cupboard? Like, um, I think we're actually going to have to buy the spoons in, unfortunately. But <laughs> they won't be good spoons. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's it's very odd, but people absolutely love this stuff. Um, Tom Scar did some really interesting stuff with his uh, recent campaign, where he'd just like insult people or upset a baby and things like that. It's oh just, wow! It's an interesting. Uh, take on the market that I wouldn't have thought of myself, I don't think. No, I would love to see a perk being like one of the Ashen's plates that you've eaten, like a Hunger Breaks uh, <laughs> dish off. Just, just your face on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them actually is, this is literally an entirely one-off, only one person can do this, but um, occasionally in my videos I just edit in um, somebody's face. Yes, yeah, of course. About being mentioned. You can actually be that face for a full calendar month. Well, if, if if that's a that's amazing, and if I got this right, I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but the guy who you normally the face you edit in, I swear, was at your meet and greet. At he was, yeah, right, okay, he absolutely was, and he will be there again. Right, if you wish to see he's real. Well, if that's not a, a, an incentive to put you in so many tickets, I don't know what is. You know, <laughs> meet meet. It's the fantastic. Face. He hides in plain sight, as we say, because um, half the people just don't recognise him, and the other half sort of. He's familiar. Oh my God! It's the face man. <laughs> he weirdly looked like someone who used to work for us. So for a oh. long time, I was like, "Is, <laughs> is that Johnny?" <laughs> but no, it wasn't him. So then seeing him at Insomnia, it really was a no. Hang on, is it actually Johnny? Right? No, it's not. <laughs> I can confirm it is not Johnny. No. <laughs> but we will, of course, we'll retweet on our channels as well when all that goes live, so people can check out. Uh, all the different perks and everything that's available. I'm sure that we'll uh, be partaking in some of that ourselves because we're all really, really excited for it. I loved oh, the first tremendous. one, uh, so we can't wait for the, for the second one to come out. And you're you're back at Insomnia i63 on the Saturday and Sunday, I want to say. Um, that is correct. Yeah, which Absolutely. is the Saturday 25th and Sunday the 26th, I think. Exactly. I should yeah. I should know the date. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, and you'll be doing you'll be doing a meet and greet. I think you've got some stage stuff. Um, I think you'll be on stage with Dan Bull as well. I think that's what we're 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 looking at at the moment. Yes, I do hope so. For yeah. Dan Bull is a great bloke. Yeah, love Dan. Love Dan. He's been doing so many uh, a few times. Um, normally doesn't come like directly via us, and this time he is, so we can do a lot, a lot more stuff with him. So that's going to be really really exciting. I can't wait. I just get to the point now where I'm like, okay, is it time? Is it time yet? Is it time? <laughs> Can we go on site? Can we do this yet? It's uh, like a kid before their birthday. Yeah, <laughs> completely. Like there's something that, oh, how can I say this? There's there's something that we're bringing back to our evening entertainment lineup that I really want to talk about, but I can't because the contract's not ready. But oh. there's this tweet that I really want to do as a really cool <laughs> teaser. Um, and I can't do it. I keep saying, please, could I do it? Please, can I do it? They're like, no, no, you can't do it yet. But it's really, it's it's hanging around the fact that England stay in the World Cup. So it's massively Ooh. time sensitive. So I'm like, oh. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed I can do it. I'll see if we can get that done today. Hopefully that uh, this goes out and we've we've done it and it's all seamless and amazing. If not, you know, I may have just given away what, what it might be. Have you... It's a secret Cheeky's Girl concert. Everyone. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm still, I always say every time, wouldn't it be great if we could do like a RuPaul's Drag Race kind of cosplay style thing? And then everyone in the office is like, what? 
Man, that would be amazing. It, Surely, it RuPaul's would... Drag Place, Drag Race, even is massively popular. It's so popular, and anytime I do like a like a Drag Race meme or anything on our Twitter account, it bangs. People love it. Our audience love RuPaul's Drag Race. So, reckon we could get that as a hashtag: Drag Race at i63 and see what happens. Oh man. <laughs> That, that would be amazing. That would be so good. Actually, uh, I tweeted Michelle Visage once off of the uh, Insomnia account and just said, like, you um, you know, anytime in the UK and you want to come to Insomnia, you and your girls are more than welcome. I think they would uh, really enjoy it. And she retweeted it. I was like, oh, my God, sounds really fun. I was like, oh, Michelle Visage just retweeted me. <laughs> but not actually me, Insomnia, but, you know. <laughs> hey, you wrote the tweet. I wrote the tweet. Counts. Exactly. Close enough. Close enough. But, yeah. Oh, thank you so, so much, Stuart, for coming on. Um, really, really looking forward to having you back. And I know so much of our audience are as well. The, the feedback from I-61 was incredible. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to, to I-63. And we'll see you there very, very soon. Fantastic. Thank you very much. No. Looking forward to it too. Yeah. Come see me at my greet and meet things. Or if not, I'll probably be hanging around the retro area because that's the kind of person I am. Ab absolutely. And we will uh, post our meet and greet times and stage show times in advance. We just kind of finishing off the last little bit so as soon as they're available we'll post them out and you can plan your plan your weekend tremendous fab cool thank you so much Stuart, and i'll speak to you soon take care bye bye okay that's our show great to have Stuart on as always do not forget you can book your tickets still for insomnia 63 at insomniagamingfestival.com Stuart will be there on the saturday and sunday and he'll be doing meet and greets and stage shows and remember meet and greets are no extra ticket all you need is a ticket to insomnia gaming festival on the right day turn up queue uh, meet Stuart, go to the meet and greets all really easy tickets are still available so don't miss out and we will see you at the nec in birmingham at the end of august so thanks so much for listening guys and i'll see you next time bye <laughs>